This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Indiana discussing a bizarre burglary that was made by no stranger. Then, we'll talk about a disappearance where the suspect is linked to another murder. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Hoosier State. Love and obsession are two very different things. Obsessive lovers may be defensive, controlling, jealous, and resentful. A majority of obsessive relationships never lead to violence or murder, but unfortunately, a small portion of them do. Obsession doesn't always happen in relationships. Erotomania is when someone thinks a person is in love with them, when in reality, they're not. It could be a person they've never met before, someone famous, or someone they work with or know. They won't be able to accept reality even when it's painfully obvious. Sometimes the obsession becomes so strong that they start treating the person as if they were a possession and not a human at all. Either way, obsessive love may be a sign of a serious mental health condition, and if it goes untreated, it could destroy friendships and relationships. Even worse, it could lead to violence or, as you're about to hear, murder. So I've been sticking to recent cases lately, but today I'm going to take you back to the late 90s. I thought you were going to say 1800s. No, I love those. I do, but it's been a minute since I've done an old, old case. This one happens in 1999. That's the year I graduated. Really? Yes. Did you have the big hair and the thin eyebrows? And the brown lipstick. Oh my gosh. I wore the Mary Jane Doc Martens. Yeah, the plaid with the Doc Martens. Lots of plaid skirts. I need to see your high school graduation picture. No, you do not. I don't like Like the big herringbone gold chain. In 1999, Lorraine Kirkley, who went by Lori, was 34 years old and was happily married to her husband, Robert, who went by Bob. They lived in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is in the northwest corner of the state. Lori was a well-liked, all-American girl with short red hair and a sweet smile. She led a local youth group and played piano at her church, and she was an avid cyclist. So Lori worked as a registered nurse at Porter Memorial Hospital in the Cardiac Rehabilitation Unit, and Bob had just gotten a job as an engineer in South Bend, Indiana. So they had their house up for sale, and they were planning on moving in the very near future. They wanted to start a family together, but unfortunately, that would never happen. On July 21st, 1999, Bob arrived home from work to discover his home in complete disarray. It appeared to have been burglarized. Lori wasn't home and neither was her green Ford Explorer. Her lingerie had been yanked out of the drawers. It was strewn about. It was on the ground. Some might have been taken. And some valuables were missing like a telescope, TV, and a VCR. Who has a lingerie drawer? Do you? Underwear drawer, I guess. Oh. So that's not all. There was a bloody butter knife in the sink, which is unusual to say the least, a butter knife. That would be the worst to get stabbed with, I feel like. Well, I saw a photo of this and it was just kind of the tip that was bloody. So I'm not sure if someone was stabbed or what exactly it was used for, but there was blood on the floor. There were also Polaroids taped on the walls of nude women. Not pictures of Lori, just unknown women. 
On the kitchen wall, there was an ominous note that was taped up reading, there's a gun pointed at your head. Everything about this case is strange. It's just why would you, I don't know. A couple of days later, a young boy discovered a plastic bag that had some of Lori's things in it with a note to her husband, Bob. The letter read, I'm sorry about your wife. She wouldn't cooperate, even with the 44 Magnum pointed at her head. I tackled her and attempted to cover her mouth. She bit the tip of my finger off. I had no plans to kill her, but unfortunately, I had to. You'll never find the body. Oh my god. The next day, on July 24th, they found Lori's burned and abandoned Ford Explorer in a cornfield. There was no sign of Lori. There were also several spent shell casings on the floor of the vehicle. So investigators started questioning the neighbors to see if they had seen or heard anything the day she went missing. And one of the neighbors said that they saw someone with a bike enter the garage. And a short time later, they saw Lori's Ford Explorer back out of the garage and drive up the street. They didn't know who this person was on the bike. They didn't think it was her. So they, of course, looked into Bob initially. He's the husband. You got to look at the husband. That's typically a safe bet. Well, he had an alibi. He was at work, and his coworkers vouched for it. So the investigators questioned Lori's coworkers and asked if she had any enemies, and they mentioned that something strange had happened recently at work. Items on her desk would just disappear. It wasn't anything major. Just small things would be taken off of her desk, almost to make it seem like she was going crazy or something like that. She would know, like, no, I put this here. In the beginning, she probably did think, you know, oh, I misplaced it. But it just got to be, she thought someone was messing with her. They had no idea who it could be. And there were a lot of employees there. At that point, there was pretty much a stall in the investigation until a woman comes forward and says, hey, I think my husband committed a burglary. So... Some of their things, the Kirkley's belongings, were in her home. Good for her for telling authorities. I'm so confused. So this is just a random girl yeah, who calls the police and is like, hey, I got some shit in my house that's not mine and I think my <laughs> husband stole it? Yeah. Okay. Well, they were playing this on the news. They okay. were, you know what I'm saying? Like, like this is like, gone, this is this gone. This is gone, this is gone. I don't know specifically what she found that she thought was theirs, but it was... Enough to where she thought, hey, this has got to be the same stuff. She got a hold of authorities, and she must have been scared. I don't know. That's from what I read. She didn't even say, hey, what's up with this stuff? Why do we have this? She just straight to the police. (laughs) Do not pass go. Straight to the police. Well, good for her. I know. So the investigators, of course, turned all their attention onto this man who was named David Malinsky. He lived with his wife in Chesterton, which was nearby. He was also 34 years old, but there was another big coincidence. He was her co-worker. Lori was a nurse, mm-hmm. and David was an exercise physiologist. So they worked gotcha. on the same unit or the area or whatever. Right. They brought David in for questioning, and he told them, and this is just nuts. Yeah, I did burglarize her home, but I did it in February. No, I stole the shit a while back. I've had this. I've had all this stuff. I know. He's like, I I did burglarize their home. It was in February of 1990. I know. It's not funny, but it's just like, what? Just the, when when cops call someone in and they're asking and then they start admitting to other things, you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. Wait, wait, what? So he's like, look, I didn't do this one, but I did break into their house in February. And he broke in and left a handmade valentine. And a sexually explicit Polaroid, or multiple. I'm not sure how many. A dick pic? No, I think, I don't know for certain, but because of what he had done in 
At the other one, I think they were just pornographic pictures of women. So just Polaroids of random. <sighs> so weird. But what kind of gesture is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, um, here's who a, breaks in a I'm house s- to leave something? I'm stealing your your shit. And underwear was taken. I'm taking panties and a telescope. Here's a homemade Valentine and some random titties. So at that time, they so filed weird. a police report. They had no idea who did this. So weird. But so he confesses to this, which I love a dumb criminal, of course, because, you know, they're just handing it over. But he's admitting that he's left nude Polaroids in February. <laughs> this is a new case. You know what I mean? It's right. like, well, duh, it's you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got to be you. Yeah. The cops were starting to think he had some kind of unhealthy fixation on Lori. He was in love with her or obsessed with her would probably be a better term. Something very creepy. While he was there, they noticed he had several scratches and bruises on him. And guess what? On one of his fingers, the top of it was missing. It had been bitten off. His finger? Just the tip. A story of my life. But remember, the note said, Lori bit my finger, so I had to kill her. One of his pictures, he has a Band-Aid on his hand. It's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's so dumb. He denied to doing anything to Lori. He said he didn't kill her. Yes, he broke in in February and did some weird stuff. He didn't do this one. And in fact, they had been having an affair. They were having this affair and her disappearance was an elaborate scheme for her to escape her marriage. The police were not buying this even for a second. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you have this plan to run away together, but you don't know where she is. You're not with her. What, what's the deal? And he was like, oh, well, she just decided to go without me. What? I couldn't imagine being an investigator and having this guy. Yeah, no. Some cases are hard to crack. I mean. This guy, mm, no. So the FBI got a hold of his computer. They still needed to get evidence, even though, you know. So he had been looking online at how to break into her house, specifically her house. So I guess he was looking at, like, floor plans and all that stuff, which is really creepy. I mean, it's all creepy, but. Yeah. I mean, he's taking Polaroids of naked girls. Yeah, and so we have no idea to this day who those pictures were of, as far as I know. But. His injuries combined with this stuff online of how to break into her house, that was enough to put him in custody, which is good. Right. While he was in custody, he decided to start chatting with two other inmates. Always. He told them he had taken 17 Polaroids of himself torturing Lori. Not only did he just mention this in passing, he told them where he hid the photos, and he asked his cellmate, hey, when you get out of prison, can you go get those... Get those pictures, get rid of them for me. You know, I don't I don't want the police to find them. So, I mean, I've got a box in my house that one of my friends knows where it is. And if I ever die, she has to go to my house, get this box, and destroy its contents. Well, that's great. Unless it's not you killed of, someone. No, it's or, no murder stuff. Exactly. It's just... And these aren't friends. It's a freaking... I mean, yeah. So... What do you think the cellmate did? Told told he went straight to the police. That way he could he, probably get course, out earlier. Of course. Yeah, no. Has this guy never heard of a jailhouse snitch in no, his life? He's just he's like, nah, I'm just gonna. Hey, will you do me a favor? I know you don't know me. You have no. nothing to get out of this. In fact, if you rat me out, you'll benefit. <laughs> I'm not laughing because this case is funny. It's just his 
He's a bobohead. He's, oh my God. I love a dumb criminal. He went to the cops and turns out he wasn't lying about this. They found the Polaroids. Yeah. And they were really bad. They were, I didn't see any pictures, thank God, but they were really graphic based on what I read. She was bound and gagged and nude. He sexually assaulted her and tortured her, all while taking photos. That's so It's so sickening. And they could tell in the photos that he did this at his own home. And can you imagine the wife finding out about this later? Like, she just thought he broke into this house and maybe something was amiss. She finds out he's torturing a woman in her own home. So he kidnapped her. He kidnapped her. And brought her to his home. Exactly. And then tied her up and tortured her and assaulted her. Yeah. And even though, you know, in custody, he kept saying, I didn't do anything to her. This is, we were having an affair. These pictures were just sex pictures. It wasn't anything bad. I didn't kill her. She's just gone. But they had plenty of evidence Mm -hmm. to have a solid case against him. Even though the defense was trying to say she voluntarily disappeared, they could not justify the photos of her being tortured to the jury. No. And they were, from what I read, very graphic, very horrifying. Not not like BDSM. Right. It's very bloody. Very, right. Yeah. Ugh. And so the prosecution said, you look at the pictures. Does that look voluntary to you? My goodness, I'll leave that alone. You look at them. David was found guilty of two counts of burglary and charges of murder auto theft, arson, criminal confinement, and criminal deviant conduct. Took the jury two hours of deliberating. Yeah. He was sentenced to serve 155 years in prison with no possibility of parole. It's always interesting to me from case to case, some people do what life without parole and then others do 155 years, for example. Mm-hmm. So at the hearing... Bob broke down while reading his statement and handed them to a prosecutor to read aloud for him. He said, Personally, I have been destroyed down to my foundation. Were it not for my faith, I would have given up a long time ago. He buried her in an unmarked grave like an animal. I know of no punishment in our legal system that is severe enough that will have to be left to the perfect judge we all have to face when we leave this life. So six years after Lori's disappearance, David told the authorities he had become a born-again Christian and had to get something off of his chest. Oh, brother. Six years later, he finally confessed to her murder, and he told the police that he had buried her on his dad's property on their family farm in Laporte. They found and exhumed a body that was wrapped in a brown tarp and thick black plastic and then secured with black and red nylon straps. Within the grave, investigators found a newspaper dated two days after her disappearance. He at least probably had her for two days before he took her and buried her. So dental records did, in fact, confirm it was Lori, and the autopsy showed that Lori was strangled and fought with her attacker. Lori was laid to rest after a funeral at the Fulton Baptist Temple in Fulton, Indiana, and around 400 people attended to pay their respects. They lit candles around her casket and covered it with red roses. In the cemetery, they read a poem, played a song, and released balloons. Lori's Aunt Connie said this, I guess we'll never know the why, but we know where her body is and we know where her soul is. 
I know it's late, but it is okay. It's going to be okay. To this day, David remains incarcerated at the Indiana State Prison in Michigan City, Indiana. The earliest he can get out of prison is July of 2076. Yeah, so there's an episode of Murder in the Heartland about this case. That's mm-hmm. a really good show that on is a ID. Good show. It's often it's pretty sad. And I read some in-depth articles by the Chicago Tribune, Cinemaholic, NWI Times, and AP News. And there's still no why. That's so fucking He weird. never just said, I loved her, I was obsessed with her, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a freaking weirdo. He just worked with her. He worked with her and was taking things off of her desk to mess with her and decided to break into her house and post nude pictures and then... That's so weird. And here's the thing. They haven't found out that he's he had ever done this before. I mean, take so kidnapping someone, torturing them and raping them and taking pictures. They called him multiple times a serial killer in the making. Easy it's to catch. It's crazy that but that's right still out of the very, gate. That's, that's what he does. Yeah. he. I mean, from what I read, there wasn't a small buildup of just other small crimes. It was just he jumped into this. You're just going to kidnap, rape, torture, and murder someone? No. I don't, I don't know. like this one. No, I don't either. Something it's just, just it's mm, just it's very unsettling. I don't like any of them, but No, I know. And it's just it's someone just, he someone, This just makes you really feel like this could happen to me. Yeah, it could. And it's like he was a what was his job? Exercise like a physical therapist probably. Yeah. Yeah. He had a job that you would think, oh, that's a normal, normal person. Dude. That's a normal guy, yeah. quote unquote normal, but it just goes to show you that anyone... No one's normal. No one's normal, anyone but can murder you. what's their range? Yeah, yeah. Just horrible. Well, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I know. And there I was something about drink. it. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's take, take a break a, and, yeah. and play a weird commercial. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Sunday, July 22nd was a busy day for Nikki and her fiancé, Bobby. They went to church and then went to run errands after. They were getting married in three weeks, so lots to do. Mm. Bobby and his cousin were going to the mall to get fitted for their tuxes, and Nikki was going to the laundromat to finish the last of the week's to-do list. So her and Bobby were high school sweethearts, but had actually broken up right after they graduated. He wanted out of Indiana and moved to California. Wow. Nikki stayed behind. She was heartbroken, but eventually moved on and met somebody. So at 19, she gave birth to her daughter, but that relationship unfortunately ended too. Nikki went to work at a correctional facility, first as a guard, then worked her way up to head accountant. I feel like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So she started taking classes at the community college while she was working. Mm. And planned on going to work for the FBI. Ooh, love I mean, she was very ambitious. Yeah. I love it. Started out as a, a guard. Yeah. And then, very cool. Mm-hmm. Single mom, making money moves mm-hmm. for her and her daughter. I mean, like, she had her shit together. Yeah. So, like in 1998, Bobby moved back to Indiana. And they reconnected. And the two got engaged mm-hmm. shortly after. I mean, why not? They already knew each other. They dated in high school. So, their plan was... Meet back at the house around four to fill out wedding invitations. So Nikki drops off her nine-year-old daughter at her parents and heads to the laundromat. Okay. 
So she comes back a little later, clearly frustrated, and told her mom that there are two guys up there harassing her. Her mom's like, just go get your shit, bring it back here. You can finish your laundry. And she's like, no, 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 I'll just, I'll just go back up there. So Bobby gets home around 4.30 and Nikki is not home. He just assumes it's taking longer to finish up her laundry. But two hours later, she's still not home. So he calls her parents, her sisters. No one has seen or heard from her. Her mom tells him, you know, she did come by here and say that there were two weird guys up there kind of harassing her. And it's super weird that she's not come to pick her daughter up. So they start looking for her. Her parents meet at the house and everything's still there. Like in her home. It's like she's, she didn't take anything with her. Like she was, you know what I mean? Like everything's, everything looks normal. So she works in Dayton, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes away. So her parents are like, what if she went to Dayton? Probably like from me driving to Little Rock every day. So like, what if she drove over there and had an accident? So they drive that. So they drive the distance to Dayton, checking all along the roads to see maybe she had a car accident and maybe her car was and they did not see anything. So they go to the laundromat, no sign of her. The next morning, they call the police station and tell them, you know, we haven't seen her. We haven't heard from her. This is what's going on. Police don't seem to really be too concerned. So family basically says, fuck it. And they start their own investigation. They go to the store across the street from the laundromat, ask for their CCTV footage. Um, They see her on the video buying a soda. And walking back out towards the laundromat. So by the video, she's not in distress. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look scared or worried. Everything's just No normal. one's like walking out right no, after no her. No one's following like her. That. No one okay. follows her in. There's nobody kind of lurking around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the police finally go to the laundromat. They question people that are working there. No one's seen anything. No one's heard anything. They don't know who these two men are. They've never been found to this day and questioned. Nobody knows who they were. Wow. So police are starting to think maybe she just got cold feet. But her family's like, that's no. She was ecstatic to be marrying Bobby. She had worked super hard planning this wedding and they're a ton of money. There's no way she would have just bailed. It's one thing, too, bailing from the the man – She's bailing from everyone. And her child? Yeah. No. I have a child. There's no way I would leave Max. No. That's not just, no. That's not normal cold feet. Mm -mm. So her family's knocking on doors, hanging up flyers, trying to find her. No one Mm -hmm. has seen anything. Police use helicopters to search for her car. Nothing. Like, it's, it's literally like she has disappeared off the face of the earth. So at this point... They're starting to look at potential suspects. Mm-hmm. Her fiance, Bobby, number one. Yeah. The way he was acting was very suspicious. Instead of postponing their wedding, he canceled it completely just two days after her disappearance. He asked the venue for a refund oh, of their money. Oh, no. Next, he tried to return his wedding ring to get his oh, money back. Okay. Okay. Well, 
I now I, you say no more. You did it. I mean, come on. <laughs> the wedding, you know, the place said no. We can't give you your money back on your ring because Nikki paid for it. So we're not giving you the money back. Then he goes to the community college where she was taking courses and tries to get her tuition back. Are you freaking kidding me? And the, he's trying harder to get money back than her. Than searching uh, for her. No, he's guilty. So the college is like. Her employer is paying for this. We oh can't give God. you any money. He who, says, and also, who thinks of that? Right. He says he needed the money to help search for her and to buy a phone. That was what why he said he needed the to money to buy a phone. To buy a phone. Mm-mm. So investigators are like, "You need to come take a polygraph." Like you're just yeah. So he refuses at first. He finally caves and he fails. Doesn't mean he's guilty, though. We know yeah, how these things yeah. are. And also, they're inadmissible in court. So yeah, I, I probably would never take a polygraph. I know a lot of attorneys, and all of them would be like, don't do that. Don't know, because it's just going to implicate you in things that may not even, yeah. you know, it's just. It's, I try not to judge people for not right. doing that. Yeah. Just like this. He failed it. So we're like, oh, you know. I think he's guilty for the other <laughs> stuff. So there are. No leads at this point. Days turn into weeks, weeks into months, and there is no sign of her or her car. It's like I said, she literally disappeared into thin air. I have a quick question. Does her family get along with him? Are they yeah. close? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is there any obvious all... motive? No. Okay. There's there's nothing. Hmm. So her family and friends are extremely frustrated with police. And they also at this point start to distance themselves from Bobby because the way he was acting. Yeah. So three and a half months later, the police get a phone call that her car has been found at an apartment complex in Dayton, Ohio. Hmm. So she lives in Richmond, which is like I said, 45 minutes from, Mm -hmm. from Dayton. They get there. They found the door lock was popped out. The ignition had been messed with and the stereo was missing. Her laundry was inside in the back seat, folded neatly in a basket. So she had left the laundromat. Yeah, she'd definitely done that. So there's no fingerprints, no sign of any struggle, no hair, no blood, no fibers, no fluids. Nothing's found. But it just so happens that this apartment complex is where her ex-boyfriend lived. Her ex-boyfriend. Her baby daddy. I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her baby daddy. Well, but What's he been up to? He had a rock-solid alibi. Ugh. He agreed to take a polygraph, fully cooperated with the police, and passed. So they're like, he, he had nothing to do with this. Like, he was distraught that this had happened, and mm. he had been happy. They had a good relationship, and he had been happy that she was getting married. So they were like, it's not, he didn't do this. So it basically looks like someone just parked her car there and and walked away. Her cell phone records show that Mm -hmm. she had made a call to a coworker who lived in the area about a quarter of a mile away from where her car was found. His name was Tommy Swint, and he was a guard at the correctional facility with her. He had told her about some hair and makeup products that she could get, that he could sell her for her wedding. So it appears that she may have driven over there to meet with him to purchase those things. Police would also find out that Tommy had a violent temper. Mm -hmm. And a couple years before this, Nikki's sister caught Tommy on top of her and Nikki was screaming rape. 
Oh, my gosh. Her family also said they suspected that he was obsessed with her because of her bridal shower. He gave her lingerie. How fucking weird for a man that you work with who just attempted to rape you a few years ago buys you lingerie at your wedding shower. Creepy creeperson. No. Oh, my God. Okay. Well... Did they think she would have met him for this? I mean, it almost seems like he wanted it and she was like, leave me alone. So she was just like appeasing him. Yeah, she didn't want to like make him super angry or something. But then why would she, like you said, then why would she agree to meet with him for makeup? And especially, I don't want to speculate really, but like she didn't tell anybody. Mm -mm. If someone had done something Mm -hmm. like that to me, I'd probably be like, hey, I'm also going to go by, I'm going to meet up with Tommy. Right. He's got makeup. Just to a a hair extension. Maybe not to her her fiance, but to a friend. Like I'd be like, hey, the whole thing. Yeah. Whole thing seems super, super odd to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's stuff you tell people about, I feel like. Your your friends. At least your friends. Yeah. So police attempt to question him, but he wants nothing to do with it, refuses to talk to them, Ugh. and they have no evidence, so they can't haul him in on anything. So they have... So he won't even confirm or no. deny that they ever no. met. Oh, no. Oh, thanks so much, Tom. So they have two persons of interest and nothing to charge either of them with. Ugh. So the case goes cold. So in November of 2002, her sisters go to New York and talk about her case on national TV. They meet with psychic Sylvia Brown. I know who that is. Who, by the way, I think is amazing. I have like three of her books. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I know. You know, I love all that shit. So, so she tells them that Nikki is dead and her body Mm -mm. is dumped by the laundromat. So they get back. They tell police who probably think they're insane, but they agree to go look and they find nothing. In 2004, they try a different approach and raise $100,000 in reward money for any info on Nikki's case. They tell the public, you have 20 days to come forward with any information in order to collect this money. Like, I dig it. I mean, tell us now. Give them a deadline. Don't him all around for years. Yeah. Yeah. But no one comes forward. I know. So three more years pass. Nothing. And the police get a tip about Tommy. Mm. He is now working as a cop in Ohio. Apparently, no one does background checks on these jokers in Ohio. Or they would have seen that he was a suspect in a missing persons case in Indiana. So the police chief goes to Ohio and is like, "Um, did he not disclose this to you? And they were like, "Uh, no. So Ohio gives him the option to resign. Or be fired. He resigns. Ugh. Then files a lawsuit against him. Against? The police department in. The one in Ohio? No, the oh, one in okay. Richmond. Because they were like, you never told me that I was a suspect. And they're oh, like, yeah, the fuck we did. Okay. You would not cooperate yeah. with us. You wouldn't even come in. Mm-hmm. So this story is piping hot and Weasel. blows yeah. up. And the local news is covering it, talking all about the cop who refused to cooperate with the locals on a missing mm-hmm. persons case. So it's now being talked about in Ohio, sure. Indiana. A person recognizes him and calls the police with another tip. They said they know Tommy and they should look up the case of Tina Ivory. What? 
So she was 33 when she was found dead in 1991, wrapped in a sheet, duct tape, and trash bags on the side of a dirt road. She'd been strangled. So police back in 1991 interviewed Tommy's ex-girlfriend, and she said that he and Tina had dated, and then her nephew also told the police that he remembers seeing a blood trail from the basement of the house to Tommy's car. Mm. So DNA was taken from the blanket, and there were four semen samples taken. But there's no DNA back in 1991. I mean, there is, but like DNA matching. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took the DNA. They took they it and they stored it, it but yeah. they didn't have any test way yeah. Yeah, to test it or anything, but they kept it. Mm-hmm. So that, that case went cold for 16 years. <sighs> but now police have a suspect. So they reopened Tina's case. They just need Tommy's DNA. And it just so happened... When he filed the lawsuit against the police department, he had to give his DNA in order to clear his name in Nikki's disappearance. So the DNA is sent over and tested, and it matches the DNA that was taken from Tina. So now they have to place him at the scene or get something more. So they test the duct tape, and sure enough, there was a handprint on it. So the DNA was enough to get a warrant, but by now Tommy has moved to Alabama. So now Alabama's all over the place. So now Alabama's involved. So they go oh. down there and tell him, "Look, your DNA matches this murder from 1991." Of course, he denies it. And the more they push, the more he shuts down, and eventually lawyers up. A forensic examiner compares his fingerprints to that on the duct tape. And it's a match. Mm. So on February the 3rd, 2010, he was indicted for Tina's murder. And now he is the prom suspect in Nikki's case as well. Well, yeah. So Alabama, Ohio, and Indiana are all after him. And as soon as the cops move into his home to arrest him, they hear a gunshot. What? Yes. No. So they break his door down. Like zero like dark thirty, something yes. or something. Zero dark thirty in his front door, and they find him dead. Oh my! Of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, taking all of his secrets. That with him. infuriates me. Oh yeah. So police think he was angry with Nikki for getting married, and his obsession took over, which led to him murdering her. And what doesn't help is that in two thousand and eight. Nikki's sister would finally admit that the two were having an affair. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, yep. whoa, 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 Nikki was having an affair with, with Tommy, Tommy. And her sister knew it this whole time. Yep. And just finally said something in 2008. She's like, but it was obviously a secret. She said Nikki tried to call her several times the day of her disappearance. She thinks it was to talk to her about what was going on and that she was breaking it off. And she had never told police this? Never told. Are you freaking kidding me? Anybody. Her case remains unsolved. No. Her body has never been found. Bobby has lost all contact with Nikki's family. Gosh, in the beginning, I'm like, this is going to yeah. be Bobby. Nope. Her daughter was raised by her parents, and she is now grown and has children of her own. Yeah. 
So if anyone has any information, it's certainly not too late to come forward and help this family with the closure that they deserve. I mean, this is terrible. You can call the Richmond Police Department at 765-983-7247 and just leave them an anonymous tip if you don't want to be named. But this family deserves to know where her body is, where, what happened, you know. Let Give them, them the bare yes. minimum of burying their child. hundred percent. bare minimum. And her child to bury her exactly. mom. Exactly. You just, know, it's, it's yeah. they're never going to have closure, but at right. least give them, give them that. Oh, crazy, crazy case. Yeah. Sister knew, never said anything. I'm all about keeping secrets, except when it's something, if, when if somebody's gone. disappeared. She had to have known something bad happened. I feel like that would have been the first thing I said was like, look, Bobby, I'm sorry. And this is my sister and I love her. And I hate to be writing her secrets out. Well, she was fucking him. And he probably murdered her. So yes. you need to bring him in. They had a relationship. Yes. That's now's not the time for yeah, secrets. Now's the time. Yeah. When you're missing. Nope. No. Don't keep no, a secret. No secret. Well, fuck, you know, I don't keep secrets. Anyways, don't tell me. I've said it a million times. Don't tell me shit. I'll tell you're all your secrets. You're pulled into the office. You're like, okay, listen. Let me tell you get what your I know. Pen out, get, get your pen, pen out. Get your pen out. Just go ahead and pad? start that recorder. Start, you're going to turn that on? I have start shit it. to yeah. tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm the guy from yours that's like, okay, I didn't do this one, but let me tell you what I did 12 years ago. Oh. So both of our cases dealt with sick obsessions. And secrets. Yeah. It makes me kind of mad at her sister. Like, why did she not? I mean, I get it, though. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't know. I have some. I do have some dirty secrets that I've never told that people have told me in confidence. Mm -hmm. Probably only because they know equally as bad secrets. (laughs) I mean, I know secrets, too. But if if it were come to come down to like they're missing, if it's been months have passed. I'm like, oh, if this, this person is, is missing, like if you're ever oh. found and you're alive, like fuck it, you can be mad at me all you want to, exactly. But at least you're found and you're alive. It's not like it was yeah. three hours later. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. but oh gosh, I mean, you're so con- you're like what? I'm just like I really thought it was Bobby when you were saying he was wanting tuition money back. He was wanting the ring. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders if he had cold feet or if he maybe knew she might have been having an affair, but maybe not with it. I don't know. I have so many more questions. Was this on an episode of Disappeared? Uh, it I, did, sounds I didn't watch it. familiar. I but, think it probably is. I didn't watch that. Huh, um, I, I listened to, there were a couple different podcasts I listened to that covered this, and I can't remember the names of them right now. Um, Murderpedia. Yeah. That's always my go-to. This is one that's like if it if it were if it was Tommy, which it sounds likely, then we're never we're never gonna I know. I mean, unless someone says they saw him with her, or I'm trying to make sense of it. Ugh. Well, how do we segue into better news? I never know how to do that. Like, here are these terrible things. Now we're gonna talk about something better. It's, <laughs> I don't know. it's I'm weird. The worst. It's always weird. I'm like, oh, okay. Well. We have three, three new patrons. Three. Yes, isn't that cool? Trace. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Give it to me. Okay, we have Nina H. from Georgia. Hi, Nina. Hi, Nina. Thank you. And then we have Katie C. from Kentucky, which we don't we have. We don't have those. We don't. Yay. So I was excited Thank about you, that. Katie. Thank you, Katie. And Alex E. from Kansas. 
these are all newbies. I know. I'm like, do we Thanks, have Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Nina, Katie, Alex. You're amazing. We love it. We love you. We love our everybody. We but, love all our patrons. Yeah. But we're going to be recording our February episode soon. <gasps> we got to figure that out. Um, I think we should do a video. Oh, I think we should give it to him. I'm a podcaster, not a... Um, no, not we're going to do it. Patreons, if you want to watch us record. Oh, Lord. See us in all of Lacey's sweatpants glory. <laughs> I'm wearing... <laughs> Ashley shows up from her professional job. I'm always like in slacks. You look so like professional. Or like and, and you're always in sweats. <laughs> I'm in a t-shirt and sweats and I have on my grandpa loafers right now because I'm cold and my husband's jacket. You look adorbs. <laughs> but I showered and I'm wearing makeup. So, hey. Hey, that's half the battle. That's half the battle. Exactly. I cleaned myself up. I love it. I don't know. I'll have to wear my, my dress yoga. Well, it's Valentine's so we can dress in red. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Will Charlie record us? Let's see. We'll have a Valentine's cocktail. Lacey already promised. Oh, that reminds me. Okay, remember last week you're like, buy us a cocktail. I'll name it after you. Someone bought us a cocktail. Oh, my God. Emmy. Emmy. Yes. So you're drinking. What are you going to call it? You're, so Ashley's drinking her her one and only I almost called it a toothpick. Oh my gosh, what is it? Ice, Ice pick. pick. Tea and vodka. vodka. So, okay. Her name's E M Y M E. What do we what do we call call your cocktail? Because now it's the Emmy. It is the Emmy from now on. Just the Emmy? It's just, just the, Emmy. the Emmy. I love it. Okay. We're drinking the Emmy. I'm, Thank you. Yes. Thanks, Emmy. Now you now I'm gonna go to a bar and be like, can you make me an Emmy? <laughs> oh, I always I've never heard of that drink and then going to new bars with you and like you telling someone and when there's a waitress that looks at you like a deer in headlights and they're like, you want it in the tea? The worst is when they bring me a (laughs) fucking glass of tea and then like a shot of vodka. I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? I don't work here. It's like, I've worked all day. It's because they think you're wanting a shot and then a tea, but it's... I mean, I guess I could do that. Just, just... Rip the fucking Band-Aid off, but no, I like to shampoo and condition at the same time. Yes. That's, oh my gosh. What's up? Where are we next week? We, we're, we're nowhere. We're nowhere. We're doing we're Valentine's. Our, yes. yes. We're doing a Valentine's episode, which I have no idea what I want to do yet. I have well, some thoughts, but. We're about to be iced in asshole deep to an Eskimo, so <laughs> we're just going to be. What in the. We're going to have all the time in the, the world. Cersei, Arkansas, <laughs> or, wait, where, what in the West Memphis is that? We'll have plenty wait, of time. We're going to be what? Iced into a what? Okay, never mind. Anyway. You know what's an Ashleyism. I have that's, all of them. That's something else. You're, my new oh, favorite no. phrases. They look like they write hot checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me snort. That makes me snort. Sorry. That's my new favorite insult. They look like they sorry. That's that's like an that's a bad insult. I, mean, I, I saw her face in a picture at the Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> Don't take checks from her. Oh my gosh. So on Patreon, I've been asking people like, "Hey, what's some fun stuff we should do?" and one person mentioned that it'd be fun if you gave dating advice. Oh, you don't want dating advice for me, peeps. Before we I had nothing. <laughs> before we started recording, you know, Ashley always comes over, gives me the lowdown on what's happening. On my life. And who I'm swiping on. Because I'm just like, oh, I'm just rolling around with my pets, with my cats. <laughs> and she... <laughs> 
with my cats. Maybe um, we should do that for the Patreon this this Valentine's special. A dating special. A dating Q and A. That'd be fun. Write us in your questions and I'll answer them live. Yeah, write write us in. And you, if you want to be anonymous, that's fine. Yeah, totally just, fun. Just totally fun. Yeah. Give it to me. You can tell us. You can give us a fake name. You give can give me us all your of the questions. bitchy sister's name and we'll call. I'm just kidding. But um, I'll be drinking an Emmy. An Emmy, yes. Yes, definitely. And yeah, well. Didn't you ask people oh, about I asked, our frontier I did ask about airlines. the frontier. Okay. I okay. actually got a funny response. I didn't ask her if I could share this, but just I'm Just leave going, her name out. I'm going to share it. Okay. So I did a poll. Lacey loves a poll. I do. Okay. If long story short, the last episode we talked about Flying Frontier. We're going there in March. March to Vegas, Flying Frontier. Mm. Ashley's never flown it. I no. have, and I'm swearing it's not that bad. So I did a poll. If you've flown Frontier, was it really that bad? Oh my God, we're at 50 50. Y'all are snobs. <sighs> I love y'all, but you're some this snobs. Is me real nervous about No. Okay. So yes, half says. Yes, it's a Dodge Neon. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and five said, it's fine, I swear. Oh, come on, y'all. What? Okay. If you said yes, tell me what happened. I need, now I need to no, know. No, I don't want to know. It's fine, I swear it's I fine. I Googled it reviews fine. and they were terrible. Oh, you don't, okay, people only write reviews when someone asks them to, like us, leave us a review on, on Apple or they hate it, which is also the reviews we got on Apple. <laughs> So we got a message saying, so she says, senior trip, and then a couple of other ones to Mexico, and that was the only option, Frontier. And she felt fine, good onboard entertainment. So there we go. That's a plus. I have not, and I will not fly Spirit. Oh, fuck no. I'm not flying Spirit. She says, I don't care if it's $200 cheaper, and I will meet John Stamos to tell me I'm pretty. (laughs) I heard it was like sitting in a lawn chair. Oh, not a lawn chair. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This was... Andy told us this, but that's hilarious to me. So far, if, I'm not I mean, feeling so if, great about Frontier. If what's his what's his face? Why can't I ever? And why do I always think it's Apartments.com? What's his face? <sighs> My husband. What's his name? You don't even. You're like I don't know. That dude <laughs> no, I've been from, not, this is my second Emmy. <laughs> that dude from Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. If, if he, he flew Frontier with me, and I could sit in his lap. I mean, fuck it. I'm going. I'm going to Vegas on Frontier. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Good on Jeff Goldblum does not fly Frontier. I guarantee you. Well, come on. Let's... He's probably a Delta gal like me. It will be fine. It's gonna be fine. It will be fine. It's gonna be oh, great. My lord. So we need to figure out a Valentine. Valentine's place. and gosh. Patreon. Yeah, we we played our commercial in this. At least I think we did. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I add that in after, but. If you are listening to this still and you're not a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash United States of Murder. Check out our tiers. And we also, I think we're getting close to needing to send out some shirts yes. to our top level Patreons. We do. We need, da, to send da, out, we need to send out shirts. So I need, I'll be messaging you soon and asking for your shirt size and stuff. So stay tuned. The new patrons have sent out sent out some mail. So be looking for Look out for the mail and we gotta go. My stomach's growling. Yeah, I'm hungry. Bye. Bye.